Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 235. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I feel like I'm burning at both ends lately. I actually got some skiing in, so I'm feeling better, but that trip took a lot out of me. There's a lot of reasons, so. Yeah, we both just got some turns in last week, which was nice. It's been a while since we podcasted. Things just got a little wonky with MLK weekends between both of us. And we were trying this a few days before and I had a screaming baby I had to deal with. And, you know, life, life happens. Life happens. Life happened for both of us. We're here now. We're doing this. We are super happy that you guys are listening. We really do appreciate it. Check out all of our info, skibumpodcast.com. We are on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at Podcast. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. If you want stickers, email us or DM us on Instagram. Put your favorite podcasting apps, rate, subscribe. We have a shop, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. If you want to donate and sponsor us, we'd love that too. Skibumpodcast.com slash support. We're having a good time. A lot of fun stuff to talk about. Mario had his awesome trip to Obergatlinburg that we finally get to hear about. And I got to tell you, people have been asking me, like people in real life, like our buddy Rich, people I skied with last week, they are psyched to hear about Obergatlinburg because it's like this little mystery place, especially Indy Pass holders. Yeah, it's... Uh, we'll talk about it, and and that's the tease. I'm psyched to hear about it. I want to hear everything about Obergatlinburg. First off, we have to thank our sponsors, Valon. They are makers of sunglasses and goggles for skiers. They have a classic style, maximum performance. They are originally out of Verbier, Switzerland, born out of love of ski touring. They're independent and family-owned, reasonably priced. And one of the cool things about them is they, for every sale they clean up one kilogram of plastic waste so far they've cleared up over fifty-four thousand pounds of plastic waste wow they have a really cool store check it out at valon v-a-l-l-o-n dot store they have free shipping to the u.s express shipping available and if you put in ski bump 15 at checkout you will get 15 percent off nice also, our other sponsor, our friends at Terracia, terracia.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A, premium cold weather solutions. They are East Coast, New Hampshire, local, small business, but they're putting out awesome, best-in-class apparel that can be worn in any cold temperature environment, designed with thoughtful features and fit, optimum level of performance, whatever you're doing, look good, high quality. If you go to their website, terracia.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A.com, and use Terracia Bum, I'm not spelling it again. I spelled it twice already. You figure it out. T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A-B-U-M. Terracia Bum, 15% off. Mario, you were rocking the beacon jacket. 
Due to the what did you think of it? Jacket, it was freaking awesome. Fit great, kept me nice and warm because it was pretty cold where I was skiing. We're in in Ober in at Ober Gatlinburg. It was pretty chilly, and uh, I was nice and warm. That jacket kept me toasty, and it has a lot of pockets in it. So, actually, form and function uh, worked really well. I actually enjoyed wearing it, and I did post a lot of posts on Instagram with the with the Terracia bum to let people know that they can also get it. A similar jacket that I'm wearing for 50. You were hammer at home. You were every post. It was there. Terrace bum. Boom. Because I was so happy wearing it. It was great. Because it was cold. It was cold as hell. I thought it was going to be like warm, and I was like, yeah, yeah. that came. In I handy. have I have the shell. I don't know if you saw the picture I posted. That's pretty sweet. So I had yeah. the shell because I am. I'm just a a ball of heat. I'm like a I'm like a star. I just radiate heat, like tremendous amounts of heat always. So I got the shell and I went skiing last Friday and a shout out to the boys that I hung out with that day, Rob, Scooter and Kendall. It was awesome skiing with you guys and meeting you in person. Thank you again for listening. Right. We'll come. What's that? Pennsylvania boys. PA boys, man. Those guys can rip. They, they, and they have the system down because they had the perfect parking spot. They had the chairs, they had the food, they had the beers. Like these guys are legit. These guys, they're prepared. And I was actually showing off the jacket and, uh, you know, they had some people perhaps interested in, in buying something, looking for new gear. And they were impressed, too. I mean, it's, you know, it's a high quality jacket. It's a good price. Again, the pockets. I loved the locations. It was supposed to be a warm day. It turned out to be frigid. And I should have worn a different underlayer. But I had that shell on. But that shell kept me warm, comfortable. And I got a small, I got a medium. And I was kind of between sizes, but I liked the the tighter fit, but it didn't feel tight. It just, it felt right. It felt snug, really was impressed. And I, you know, I've worn big name brands, you know, the big bird skeleton company, the something face company, the fancy climbing Something with the mammoth H-R. animal, like, you know, yeah. all the fancy brands. They're great. But you know what? Terracia for the price, for the quality, it's right there with them. So yeah. check them out. Terracia.com, Terracia bum, 15% off. Thank you for the for sponsoring us, for making awesome products. And thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. Now, Mario, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. So I'm rocking today out of the nice fancy decanter that I talked about on one of our previous podcasts. Here it is, the Waterford decanter. Waterford. See, yeah. this, we were just talking about Terracia Bum and Ski Bum 15. Yeah. This is highfalutin right here. That was uh, the pre, pre-wedding pre gift my wife and I gave to each other. We gave each other a decanter set with glasses. So I'm not drinking out of the glass because the glasses are nice, but they're too small. I'm kind of uh, <laughs> I'm stuck in here for a while, so I like to have a, a bigger pour. Um but yeah, this is it's it's a really cold decanter. So I put the stuff in there. Now the thing is, when you put when you put something in the decanter, you don't remember what it is. Like you gotta remember, but you don't have the bottle unless you save the bottle. And then it's weird. It's like, why do you have an empty bottle on your bar? It's right? Virginia gentleman bourbon. You can tell so, anybody that it's like uh Frank Sinatra, Jack Daniels. Who's going whatever? Know? It's what it's none of your goddamn business. (laughs) So I got this whole set from Costco and it was old Forrester and they had like the, um, there's two, there's like three of them in there. And one of them is the one I'm drinking now. It's the old Forrester 1920 prohibition style, uh, bourbon. So, um, 
it is pretty damn good. So it's Louisville's famed, uh, it's, it's from Louisville's famed whiskey row. Um, and old Forester was producing it as a medicinal whiskey. Uh, ah. and that's through permits. So what happened is with the Volstead act, you know, it, uh, initiated prohibition USA, uh, granted permits to six distilleries in Kentucky to continue to bottle bourbon for medicinal purposes. So this is one of the ones that they continue to do. So this is, this is medicine, really. I'm taking this as kind of medicine. I, uh, I think, but, uh, next day no, you're at work, you're like, I gotta go and take my doctor prescribed me this. I gotta take my <laughs> dose. They're like, it's nine 30 in the morning. It's like, I know that's what he says after breakfast. I gotta take a dose. I, I gotta do it. This so, um, yeah, this is, uh, I'm trying to think if this is 110, is this a hundred? Well, if it's medicinal, it's got to kill whatever's in you. So let's just say. 110 I, proof sounds about right. I think it's 110 proof. Um, might be a little bit. Wait, it is 115 proof. Wow. So, nice pour. This is uh, the, the good night pour. <laughs> now, if you're enjoying us on this podcast, wait till the Under the Ropes podcast comes out. Yeah, I'll be another drink in. We might least. be in completely different human beings at that point. <laughs> <laughs> what you got going there? So I was just talking about my wonderful ski day last week at Elk Mountain in Pennsylvania. The one gentleman, Tech Rob on Twitter, Tech underscore Rob, follow him. He's hilarious and also has a a great blog that he posts, Skiing With No Filter. He is a true gentleman. Not only did he bring me a South Philly hoagie for lunch, he also gave me a bunch of beers. Nice. Samuel Adams Alpine Lager. I'm a sucker. For any Sam seasonal Oktoberfest, you give me a spring, whatever they have their weird spring beer. Summer, the summer and the winter, they always have any Sam Adams seasonal. I'm like, I gotta try it. Big fan. Yeah. Now, this one, it's brisk and smooth. And I will tell you, this is a perfect apres ski beer. It tastes like a lager, you know. So, if you're into like a Budweiser, but want something fancier, a little more refined, perfect beer, a little bit of citrus. It's one of those beers too. When it's really, really cold, it tastes so much better. Uh, and I got it in my frosty mug right now. Classic, simple lager. I mean, it's delicious. Get perfect for an apres ski beer, especially when you're outside. And uh, you know, Sam Adams, you, you can't go wrong with them. Let's go to ski news. So it's been kind of a weird week or so in the ski world. It was MLK weekend, always a big ski weekend. Wasn't a ton of snow all over the place, though. It's been, well, certain places are getting dumped on. Pacific There's Northwest. There's no snow down here, I have to tell you. <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely amazing, right? I'm surprised. But even like, you know, Colorado, Utah, places that are usually getting pounded have been doing okay, but not, not what they're used to. I think they were saying that Loveland is, it's been like the driest year in eight years there. Hopefully over the next few days, it's coming to an end because it looks like there's some big storms coming to the Wasatch and to Southern Colorado. We're just checking out on the snow. They have their end of the week going to the weekend forecast. Jackson holes, getting some snow, Idaho, Montana, even out in the Tahoe area, three to eight inches coming their way. Even the Northeast two to six across most of new England. Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. Nice to see. 
like I said, Colorado and Utah, they are the ones that can have get, been getting those big dumpings that they're used to, but hopefully this is the start of a new trend for the rest of the season. You know, it's funny. I just pulled up top snow depth in the U S just to see who's been getting it this year. Alpenthal, Mont Baker, Stevens pass. That's yeah, our buddy, Nick Northwest. Yeah. He was sending pictures this week getting pounded. And you know, it's, just like they they predicted a La Nina for this year, and it's pretty much been exactly as predicted. Yeah, Pacific Northwest getting pounded, Southwest getting nothing. They said mm. most of Colorado, Utah could be you know subpar for the year, while part of the Northern Rockies were going to do all right. And so far, it's been spot on. Spot Goddamn. on. You can't control the weather, so you understand the weather. And I think we're starting to get really good at understanding the weather. How much longer until we can control it? How do you know there's not a machine already that they're controlling it? Just saying. I had not consumed any cannabis before this podcast. I don't want, so I, I can't, I'm not going to freak out thinking about that, which I might have if I had. Same. But you got to think there's got to be people working on, I know they do like cloud seeding. In the Middle East to get rain. Oh yeah, deserts. There's got to be people at like the University of Utah who are thinking about trying to you know create like storms and clouds and be able to seed the clouds to produce more snow. Why couldn't you cloud seed for snow? Right. Right. Are we being lazy? Are we just being like? Are we are we like messing with nature? messing with God. Like what are we, is there some sort of line they don't want to cross those Mormons out in Utah? Like, why aren't you doing it? Like, wouldn't you be just like, like, again, I am so stupid. I don't know how you see the cloud. Like you throw seeds up in the air. Like, I, I don't know. Water seeds. I think I'm thinking it's just moisture. Maybe. I don't know. Get a big humidifier and like, just like light it up. Dehumidifier. The great salt Lake, like just fire it up in the air, start blowing a bunch of great salt lakery and then get that champagne powder everywhere. Is it, is it perhaps they don't want to do that? Are they afraid of getting too much snow because that'll lead to too many people moving there and then too much tourism and then too much tax dollars. And that goes against their Mormon belief system. Uh Oh, get the doggy in the house. Yep. So who let the dogs out? Who let the so dog in? My wife is supposed to be watching the dog. And I think the dog got out and is running amok right now. So Oh, boy. It's a good boy. He was scratching at the... Oh, now he's biting me. He didn't bite he's biting you. Little yeah. tiny, little... Uh, those little needle puppy teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he wants to eat all the wires here. <laughs> and play with the computer. Yeah, so... Well, we're going to hear a little bit more about him in the main topic, aren't we? Because he's actually uh, part of your Obergatlinburg trip. He is part of my Obergatlinburg trip. He was your apre. <laughs> he was your apre trip. He w- yes, he was actually a proper apre ski. Because after you skied and were leaving the ski area, he was the apre. The next step, yeah. Oh, and look at that! He's saying hi to everyone. Oh, there he is. They're storming. Too. Adorbs. Adorbs. Pop pop pop. It almost looks like a shaggy Snoopy, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> shaggy little Snoopy. Are you going to run around? God, it's like Snoopy was partying with Shaggy. Yeah. And this is what happened. Got all lit up like, hey, what's up? <laughs> Speaking of getting lit up. <laughs> so Bernie, Bernie Sanders is in the news again. 
because his inauguration outfit went viral. So he was wearing a Birkin Burton jacket and homemade mittens, which <laughs> is total Vermont. Uh, so it was great to see he was representing. But I guess it started trending on social media and like Burton sold out of these jackets, right? <laughs> yeah. The Burton <laughs> edge comb jacket. And you know what the best thing is? Bernie was memes last year. Like there was all those fundraiser videos he was doing. And he's like, I'm going to need you to support me in this. And like they memed him for that. He's wearing the same jacket as he was in that video from last year at the inauguration where he got railroaded again. Like this poor bastard, the, the Democratic Party well, kind of screwed him whole twice. Whole thing, right? They screwed him twice. He just shows up looking like this. I mean, I don't know what is underneath his mask. But he probably wearing socks or something. Oh, he's wearing regular shoes. No, but Burton, man, they friggin' they took the ball and ran with it on social. They they posted yeah. the steal this look, and it's got the jacket. Apparently, he's wearing Uniqlo plus J wool tapered pants, <laughs> and then the repurposed gloves. And it's zero. Funny. I love how they put the price of everything and the repurposed wool mittens zero dollars and zero cents. Very nice. And then the other thing they have in their their comments: shoes, models own. <laughs> model only. He were wearing darn tough socks because they're yeah. made in Vermont. They are, and they're pretty good uh, ski socks. I love my darn tough socks. Yeah, they're not a sponsor, but I do love their socks. Do love them. If somebody has socks and they think they're better, you send us a pair and let us let us rep you. We'll rep socks. I'll take but, out my socks at any outpreski. I've got a pair that say 802 and they're in like Jamaica collars. I freaking love them. They're, nice. they're like my go-to socks. They're darn tough. <laughs> but if so, if you just type in Bernie Sanders inauguration, the amount like some people are just hilarious and brilliant in how they memed him. There's a picture, you know, like the old picture of the guys from building the Empire State Building from the 30s. They're all like sitting yeah. eating lunch on that steel beam. They got Bernie in the, on the beam. Awesome. Because he's sitting in a chair, just yeah. his hands folded. They put him on the throne from Game of Thrones. Ah, I could see that one. That would be pretty cool. I love the subway one. That's perfect. Bernie <laughs> sitting in the subway car alone. <laughs> alone. Bernie on a ski lift. Damn, Bern. Yeah, Bernie with uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> Bernie yeah. with with Pat Chris Christie on the beach. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> He's doing like Gangnam Style. They have him doing. Oh yeah, Gangnam Style. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that one is? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's awesome. You got Baby Yoda in the background. He's sitting there it's on the moon. <laughs> Oh, Animal House. He's sitting on the chair in front of South everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they oh this works. Destroyed it. It's so great. Uh-huh. Playing yeah, chess. Sure That's a good one. Yeah, playing chess. I don't know what movie that other fashion-y one is. But it's still pretty funny. Zoolander? Right about South Park. I don't is think that Zoolander? Maybe. I don't think so. Looks newer. Devil Wears Prada? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> The devil wears Burton, perhaps. Yeah. The devil wears Burton. Bernie, that devil. I'll send you the, uh, if you go to the website, we'll have the link on there in the show notes. So check it out. Next up, Utah governor leaning towards gondola 
as a solution for Canyon gridlock. Now we've been following this story for for a while. Years now. We talked to Annalise about it last summer when they actually started really pushing this, but they are, they're really starting to push this gondola idea. And this is like a super game changer. I think everybody's pro gondola right now. Every skier is pro gondola, man. Like pro gondola. Why not have a gondola or a tram, right? Why not have a gondola? Hey, I got to say, I'll be talking about that later. (laughs) But the cool thing is that it's actually gotten the governor's attention. And it says he's very interested in the gondola proposal. And he says, I will tell you, that's where I've been leaning just with everything that I've read. So they're and they saying, just came out with a big study or something, right? So what they're saying, and you know, they're kind of talking about what it would be like. And they're saying, picture looking out a window from a cable car suspended high above Little Cottonwood Canyon, framed by the Wasatch Mountains. It glides along over eight miles of cable all the way toward the top of the canyon. Eight miles. With a stop first at Snowbird, then at Alta. The ride is about 30 to 40 minutes, depending on your destination. Think about it. They're saying it's a snow day. The canyon roads are closed for avalanche control. While drivers wait for the canyon road to reopen, you're sitting and waiting with more than a dozen others clad in snow gear, skis in hand, ready to step out to the ski resort. Then the slopes. That is a great concept. So eight miles. Wow. That's pretty amazing. And they're saying it would be the first kind in Utah. Think Snowbird's aerial tram, but cables five times as long and with 30 seated gondolas. Hmm. They're, like, they're talking like the way, like talking about like gondolas they have in Switzerland and Austria. That's pretty cool. And it's, you know, it's only a concept right now. Um, but they're saying one other solution. We talked about the buses, obviously. They're saying there's a possibility of a cog train too. Those are pretty nice. Gonograt or bus service. So we Dude. were on the Gonograt one. That was so much fun. Yeah. That, of, every in, morning. Uh, that's what we did in Zermatt. We walked from our hotel, was like two blocks, then to, the train, not yet. to the train, the cog train to go up the mountain. That was really awesome. That was the most awesome freaking train ever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever they decide. What, do they say when they're going to decide on this? Because I know that's been going on for a while, and I think that it's getting down to the final decision soon. So the governor is still proposing a budget, which they uh, they just were looking at last week. The governor has earmarked $50 million for dealing with transportation issues in the canyons on the east side of Salt Lake County. When asked for specifics on how that money will be used after years and years of talk and no significant actions to tackle traffic congestion in big and little Cottonwood canyons, Cox said he wants to prioritize that money so when a decision is reached, it will be ready to be spent. And he said, my hope is by doing this now, we don't have to wait a year once we make that decision over the next couple of months. We should set this aside now so we can start on this very quickly. The big uh, three are enhanced bus service with no road widening, a 30-gondola base station at the mouth of Little Cottonwood, a cog, tra- a cog rail with four trains. Oh, nice. Now, here's the thing. So they're saying the enhanced bus service would somehow cost $334 million to put in place and with $10.3 million in annual winter operating costs. They said widening the road would bring the upfront costs to 481 million. 
Hmm. Your gondola. Other issue. Yeah, the gondola would be five hundred and seventy-six million, plus about eight point three million to operate. Hmm. Um, okay, and then the cog rail with four trains would cost one billion dollars and six point three million to operate. Now, can't Elon Musk just drill a hole right through all that and just make it like boom, right there, right through the mountain? Yeah, just bore right through the comp- uh, right through the mountain. The nice thing about the gondola too, it you know, makes it a summer attraction, something you you could do. People would want to go check out the views. I mean, huh, another teaser: Ober Gatlinburg, they have that gondola there, right? That that's utilized the aerial, all year the long. Aerial tramway, and yeah. it is popular in the summer and winter. I'll talk all about it, but yeah. Uh, that only goes two miles, by the way. Only two miles. Okay. Yeah. Which is still pretty, pretty good. And they're showing in the picture here, they're showing the 3S gondola in Ischgl, Austria. Oh, yeah. Do you remember those? I remember those. You would, I mean, how many people were on those things? Like, I think this is the kind of gondola we're talking about where this one, you sit down and you'd actually hang your skis in front of you. Yep. That's how tall these gondolas are. Yeah. And they were super comfortable, great little ride. Those are the type of ones they're talking about, not the regular, you know, everybody's hundred people jammed in there. Like this is a yeah. it's a different kind of experience. Yeah. That's uh, it sounds pretty cool. And I tell you what, from seeing what I just saw, um, it is an attraction. It definitely is an attraction. It, it it adds like my mind was a little blown with some of the stuff I saw at Ober Gatlinburg. So perhaps if there are public comments needed for the gondola proposal in Utah, maybe you can go out there and be I a man of comments. <laughs> an expert on the matter. Well, I also understand the comment. There was one comment in the article that they said they want to make sure they don't um, amusement parkerize it. Right. So they, they don't want it to be like a amusement kind of ride where people are riding it just to go and not just to ski. Like there's, there's a lot of different things that get involved with it. Right. When you start making it nice and pretty, then there's, Hey, I just want to ride the gondola. I don't really want to go skiing. I just want to, I want to ride the gondola in the, in the winter. Okay. That's yeah. great. You're going to have some of that too, which is good and bad. I mean, Right. I mean, people are still going to go there, even if they want to just drive up. So you're, you're saving that, that traffic. It'll be cool to see what happens. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to make a decision soon. So we will see. Yeah. We'll be on the lookout. I'm pro gondola too. Though I do love a cog train. Not you know, lie. I go, I go either way. I kind I, I just really like the cog train. When you talk about a gondola versus a cog train, and then you talk about our next story which is in Tynes, France, they just had this huge, massive avalanche. Um, so a huge avalanche under a chairlift at a ski resort. So I don't know how they say it. I don't know. It's French. So uncultured. Um, I'm very uncultured. They had this massive avalanche and they, they actually have footage of it. And they triggered in the Grand Motte sector with the, with the avalanche risk of four out of five in the area. They trigger this avalanche and it is 
massive and it goes right under a chairlift. So it would have been pretty wild. If, think about if you're on the chairlift, it would have been, it looks like a sea of snow just, you know, crashing below the chairs. Oh, it's, uh, it's massive. It's absolutely terrifying watching it. Yeah. And then they have footage also of a um, person in a helicopter. And I guess they're going around when they trigger it and they're, and they're taking video footage and they're, they're observing what's going on and they're filming it. And then the, they're looking at the shelf where it broke off and it just looks like another, a, a huge cliff that just broke off. It's pretty crazy. So it was like a lot of snow just cracked right off and came falling. The mountain wasn't open at that time, right? Uh, it does not look like it was. I'm think, trying to understand why not, because the conditions look pretty awesome. Maybe it was, they were kept it closed because of the avalanche danger. Yeah. I think they were planning to trigger it. Since I know a bunch of those resorts were closed for a while. And I don't know if, cause I know you were planning to go to, was it Valtherens or Valtherens? And they, they, the time you were planned to be there was what, the second week in January? Yeah. So it would have been close to that time. <laughs> but they were opening the week after, right? Yeah. They were going to open the week after. And they were like, well, if you want to postpone, I'm like, I just couldn't do it at work. And I was like, whatever, I'll just save some money and go maybe, maybe next year or the year after. But yeah, we would have been up in the Alps. And I, from what I've heard, there's just a ton of snow up there, right? Oh, they're getting pounded out there, yeah. So we're stealing our snow. snow. We're stealing America's snow. <laughs> America. They're still America's snow. How are they getting our snow? How do we stop that? How do we like stop the export of our snow? Hey, you just gotta go visit it, man. That's what it is. This whole COVID has not only stopped people from going there, but I almost wonder if they just stopped controlling as much of the area because it was closed, right? So if they're gonna reopen the area and now they gotta, you know, blast for hey, you know, we gotta ton of snow that's going to fall we got to actually do do some control now you know rather than um than not so while these you know any ski areas i know germany's closing theirs down skiers that aren't open they're just going to build a lot of snow so i almost wonder if this is one of the result of you know you're not open you're not going to pay the money to to do avalanche control so if you're going to reopen you're probably gonna have to do this all over the place yeah you got to watch the video because the kind of avalanche that it causes, it's the kind you usually see in Alaska on a spline somewhere, like some TGR movie that a skier right. border caused. <sighs> but this is like, this just, I guess it triggered itself. And again, like you said, under a ski lift, like you just see it just yeah, rip underneath it. And if that doesn't terrify you going in the back country or doing something and make you want to just double check the stuff you're doing, watch it. And, and if it doesn't scare you a little bit, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause just imagine being stuck in there, like in any way, shape or form. It's just, it's gotta be terrifying. Yeah. Well, speaking of people stuck in the back country, a missing teen snowmobiler built a snow cave to survive until rescuers arrived. Nice. Did he have to cut open an adat? Was that from uh, Star Wars? That was a, oh my God, is it a Tanta? Tanta, uh, yeah, Tanta. Yeah. And I thought they smelled bad <laughs> on the outside. Yeah. Uh, now the adats were the big mechanical ones. Oh, yeah. Okay. They were the, Big elephant looking things. The walkers. Yeah. The the snow walkers. Yeah. Yeah. Those oh, the snow walkers, not that. Yeah. Okay. 
So this young fella, he built himself a snow cave in the backcountry to shelter in after being separated from his group, according to South Caribou Search and Rescue. This happened last Saturday. The 100-mile house Royal Canadian Mounted Police was notified of an overdue snowmobiler. Family and friends of the teen had returned to the parking lot, but he never showed. Some of the party remained on the hill and began searching, while others left to alert South Caribou Search and Rescue, who contacted the 100-mile house Royal Canadian Mounted Police. They Hmm. eventually located the teenager, finding him in good condition. The young man did everything right after things went wrong, they said, praising the teen. He got separated from his group, and after multiple failed attempts to get back out of the area, the way he got into it and not knowing the terrain and area, he parked his sled in a wide open area, walked over to a nearby tree area, and built himself an incredible snow cave to spend the night. Wow. They said when the team members came across him, he was in the shelter with food and water. The young man made our task a little less difficult by staying in place and having some backcountry winter survival knowledge. Look at that. Somebody who's prepared and he actually seems like he survived pretty well, right? Yeah. It's impressive because like, you know, I would have had like, you know, it, he probably did the right thing from start to finish of like, what did he do? He do a little searching, whatever. There wasn't like two hours of crying, an hour throwing a fit. Like that's what, that would have been me. Like throwing a fit, <laughs> like lighting shit on fire. <laughs> like he's, he's like one boss on his phone. He's just like, <laughs> you know, it's such bullshit. The snowmobile it ran out of gas. Like oh, my dad was supposed to put gas in it. He didn't do it. It's, it's, it's such bullshit. It's not fair. It's not fair. You'd be like, why don't you just call somebody? Well, in a fit of rage, I threw my phone. <laughs> I decided I had to take this video of myself being pissed off instead of calling for help. That's right. And I ran out of battery because <laughs> that's how I, I did a few Instagram posts, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then my battery, you know, went. So, no, it's pretty, I got to say, that's pretty uh, great to hear that he was prepared and he knew what to do. Think about how scary that is. You lose your group, you're riding around, and you're like, I lost everybody. I'm basically either going to freeze or I got to figure out how to, I got to know how to survive and have some supplies on me. So um, I know my thing is if it was ever, if I was ever lost by myself, it'd be one thing. But if I was with people and we were lost, my first thought is always, who am I going to eat? <laughs> like, yeah, what if you're alone? Someone's got to go. I, that's the, I, if I was alone, I'd be fine. I feel like my bigger problem is if I was with other people. So if you're alone and you're starving, can you eat yourself like parts, like a, a, a foot, like to maybe survive a week? I'd probably gnaw off a toe or two. Yeah. Like that's pretty disgusting thought, but I'm just saying if you're going to starve to death, like maybe not after an hour being lost, you don't start thinking about cutting <laughs> your throat. You wait a little bit, but. Um, well, you can go without food for a pretty long time. Water is the important thing. And when you got snow and you got body heat, you're good to go. So if he started drinking his urine like after a day and then they say, well, dude, you had all the snow. You piss out a lot of vitamins. A lot of boxers, they will drink their own piss because they want to oh, get those vitamins back. Who's that boxer? I was telling, I was telling Bodie about it. It was- Did he uh, fight Mayweather a couple of years ago or um, Mayweather. He's from a uh, Mexican fighter. Really good fighter. It's not Canelo, is it? No, it was- If it was Canelo, I'd be like, listen, dude, you got multiple Lamborghinis. You can afford vitamins. He was on, was that show on- 
Juan Manuel Marquez. There you go. They were on that HBO show. It was the Road to the Fight or something like that, whatever they call that that show. And it was him fighting Mayweather. And they were watching each other because every week they would watch the HBO special about it and they would watch each other, what they're doing and all. And I remember they had the video of Mayweather watching him <laughs> drink his pee. And he's like, Oh, he's like, I'm fighting this guy. He's like, he, and he actually peed in a cup. He's like, let me try. He's like, ah, oh, I can't do it. This is uh, hilarious. But that boy nasty. That's nasty. Ah. Uh, and like his kid, little kids were watching the show and like, did he drink his pee? Like, Oh man. If you yeah. can drink your pee and you can survive. In the wilderness for a night. Can't you just buy more vitamins? Just saying. <laughs> it's uh, get a get a bunch of them. Order from go to Costco. Costco more vitamins. Yeah. Shop. Just there's a lot of places that have vitamins. Just saying. But again, like the cat poop coffee. What if perhaps when you pass it through your system, it makes it better? <sighs> Is it better to drink your pee or somebody else's pee? <laughs> <laughs> what's healthier if somebody's healthier than you is it more beneficial to drink their pee then tom brady tb12p oh my god tb12 <laughs> that's in tampa there's a lot of people in boston there's a lot of people that would probably line up drink pee. tom brady's piss i'm I, sure i'm sure you could sell it i drink his piss it's wicked great i think i can <laughs> sink it i think Dude, i'm growing I, hair back Dude, i think my dick grew a little just drinking tom brady's pee I got an extra inch, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm wicked hard. <laughs> oh DB12, dude. DB12. Oh, so I, I'll, I'll send you the uh, the YouTube of his drinking his pee. Delicious. It's delicious. He'll drink it like it was like some... Like a fine Chablis. Fine Chablis. Well, he didn't sip it. He just kind of chugged it down, but it was like he was... He could have just been like, you know, mowing the lawn for like four hours, hot outside and just drinking some nice, cool lemonade. Just bam, just popped it right down. Oh, it's, it's brutal. Here you so go. So it's dude, coming to you. I'm not going to put it in a snifter and, and just, you know, take in the aromas and the nose. You got you got to see it. I'm not going to say I've never drank my own pee. <laughs> but I was also like 10. Oh, oh I don't know. I, as an adult, drinking pee as like a top athlete. <laughs> like, this is my regimen. What's your regimen? I work out every day. I get good sleep. I, I eat right. And I drink my own pee. What What was that last thing you said? <laughs> I got all the other ones, but what do you mean you drink your own pee? Whatever works. Well, think about it. If it took on the, I mean, you eating asparagus and then drinking your asparagus pee, like. <sighs> do, well, does your pee continue to smell then? To get worse, does asparagus right. pee make your pee smell worse than just asparagus so, does? Yeah, like what happens to it? I don't is know. Like what multiplier? Where does the smell? Where does the asparagus smell go? I don't know. Is it, is, is it asparagus smell exponential when it goes through your system again? Now, do you drink it every day, or is there a system to it? Like only on Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Do you I take just, off season where you don't drink pee? Or do you just, like, if you're not training, you're just relaxing on the beach, be like, <laughs> can I have a cup? I have, go, I have to go and maybe some ice cubes. Like, I don't know. Do you drink it on ice or do you drink it warm? It's like dumb and dumber. You're like, if the cop pulls you over. Is it like hot coffee or is it cold coffee? Like, you guys, been doing a bit of boozing back there. <laughs> that was, <awesome. laughs> oh, he's like, Ding. 
<laughs> Give me that boobs, you little pumpkin pie haircutted freak. <laughs> no, no, sir. No, no, no. Hey, keep your mouth shut if you know what was good for you, buddy. Awesome. Tic Tac, sir. Yeah. yeah, one it's of those. Not for everybody. Mm. But what is for everybody as we roll into the main topic? Ober Gatlinburg. Boom. Mario. So, like I said, I have had multiple people come up to me and actually ask me, how was Ober Gatlinburg? And unfortunately, my answer was, I was not there. Mm. Only Mario was there. So, Mario, there now we get to hear. There were a lot of people even kind of annoyed on social media that were like, dude, I thought we were going to do this together. Let me know, set up a trip. And it's like, yeah, I had a reason to go and just kind of wanted to get the hell away from civilization for a little bit. And uh, went to a wonderful little place called Are Obergatlin. you calling Obergatlinburg uncivilized? It was a wonderful little place, I tell you. So we hooked up with our buddy, Tom Reuther. So we had him on our Shout show. Shout out to Tom. Shout out to Tom. Uh, got a nice pass. Uh, yeah, part of the indie pass, so everything kind of lined up. Um, so reach out to Tom, told him I was going to be up there. He's like, I'll "Hook you up, you know, we'll we'll meet up, that whole thing." And um, went out there and got in. So I left on a Friday, came back on a Monday, right? Had to fly from uh, Tampa to Knoxville, Tennessee, transferring Houston or whatever. But uh, flew into Knoxville, and then it was about an hour, maybe a little bit, about an hour, hour and 15-minute drive from Knoxville to uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Okay, so an hour from Knoxville. Gotcha. Right. Now, Ober-Gatlinburg is more like a a ski area slash winter amusement place. It's not a resort. So it's not like you can book to stay in Ober-Gatlinburg. You stay in Gatlinburg. Right. Okay. So the logistics of it kind of were boggling my mind a little bit. I'm like, I don't understand where you stay. So I looked it up. I did a little research, reached out to, to, um, Tom and he, he, you know, he gave me some advice. I actually talked to him before going and there's two ways to do it. You can either fly to Knoxville, Chattanooga, Asheville, and those are all like Asheville's two hours away. Chattanooga's probably, I think an hour and a half. And the closest is Knoxville. I think Atlanta is only like three and a half, something like that. But so there's places you can get to around there. And then you just drive in, you got to rent a car, drive in and uh, you stay in Gatlinburg because, you know, that's where all the stuff is. So you got hotels, you got, you know, cabins for rent. Uh, one of the big things there is if you have a large party, there's tons of cabins for rent right at Ober Gatlinburg in the surrounding mountains. And you'd have to drive to the to the resort or you have to drive into Gatlinburg. But there's a lot of big, cool, baller ass places out there. So uh it's kind of fun for you know big groups and families to go and, and rent a cabin. Uh we stayed in Ober Gatlinburg in Gatlinburg downtown. So it was cool. You got out of the hotel, everything's walking distance, had a lot of good places to eat. There's tons of entertainment. It reminded me, believe it or not, Brian. It reminded me of Midtown Manhattan, where they have the Ripley's, believe it or not. They did have a Ripley's, believe it or not, there. A giant. I see it on the map right now. I'm looking at the. Uh, they had a car museum. They had all these attractions. I was like, this place is off the hook. So it's in the middle of nowhere. Is a space but, needle there? Dude, they have a mini space needle. So you go up and, and there's a, a video game arcade. And 
you walk into the middle of it and they have a space needle that you can go up in the top and do like a whole observation deck. So two of the big attract, well, a few of the big attractions that are out there, Dollywood, you fly into Knoxville and you drive through and then you, you drive through Pigeon Forge, which is where Dollywood is. And Dollywood's pretty cool, but I didn't realize it looks like it's more, it's not one big like Disneyland resort. There's a big part, but then there's all these little attractions around kind of like they're a little bit separate, not as like everything in one area with like massive vines and parking lots and stuff like that. It's a little more spread out and you are in the mountains. I mean, you go up these mountain roads and it's your windy little road and you get to a big opening and there's a big town and Pigeon Forge. And it's like, okay, that's cool. And then you drive up the mountain again and you're going zipping in and out. Reminded me of Vernon, New Jersey. You're (laughs) zipping in and out and then you get to a big town and it's like, oh, this is Gatlinburg. It is like, like I said, it's like a de- it's like a midtown Manhattan. Like there's everything there. I mean, there's breweries, distilleries, restaurants, like a lot of chains, not a lot of mom and pops. It's kind of like Vegas in a way. Yeah, kind of like Vegas. But there are some local things. Like, so we went to Smith and Son. They have Cherokee Grill, which is another. We didn't go there, but that's like a steakhouse. They have some some really cool local things there. And then a lot of the other stuff is just. A lot of chains, but good chains. And then they had breweries. So we went to Smoky Mountain Brewery, went to damn Flapjacks Pancake Cabin. So there's a lot of Flapjacks. There's Flapjacks down here. There's Flapjacks everywhere. This is Flapjack Pancake Cabin. Then there's like a Log Cabin Pancakes. Like there's there's all sorts of different things there. I got to say- Did you go to the Hillbilly Golf Course? I did not. I did not. That looks awesome. So in the summer, this place was pretty, pretty crowded- during COVID, and in the winter, right? It, I wouldn't say crowded. It was there was a good amount of people there. I can imagine this place is off the hook in the summer. Like it's got to be mild weather, and it's probably like a little New Orleans. Like you know, dude, this uh, hillbilly mountain, uh, hillbilly miniature golf course looks phenomenal. Oh, I think I, I saw that. It was like a whole. It goes up. There's like it's it's big but it's like hilly and stuff like it's it's pretty neat looking the way they designed it so anyway that's the little town so you stay in town there is a giant massive where we stayed was courtyard marriott in downtown and right across the street is the gatlinburg convention center which is pretty massive i was like for small well-developed a small town like this it is a gigantic convention center so i asked tom and he said they have some big conventions down here especially and i know this from my stepdaughter brooke who reps cars and has like a big you know a nice fancy she has a like a drift car her and her friends have gone to gatlinburg before they have this giant car show up there it's like a big deal car show and that convention center is huge so we stayed right across from that so i was like it was good to see and then there was like a mom and pop place which i gotta give a shout out to it it's called bearland general store and it's a general store and a grill and they own the part a big parking lot right behind it so it's this little general store and we had breakfast there the first day because like i was like they had business gravy they had breakfast sandwiches i was like it was really good breakfast, just fresh cooked everything. And I didn't realize like they own this massive parking lot and being across from the convention center, these people must just clean up and it's like, a little, 
it's a whole family's working there. It's like the kid and the grandpa are cooking and the mom and dad are like running the register and there's everything you get there. There's like t-shirts and mugs and beer and breakfast sandwiches and groceries. Essentials, really. It's a mix of everything. It's awesome. It's like a hillbilly bodega. <laughs> um, I felt right at home. Uh, but yeah, I love that place. Um, I'm looking at the map picture. Yeah, there are a lot of pancake houses. Yeah, there's like the log cabin pancake house, which was closed for some reason that week because I guess we were in off season. We walked around. There's this place called Shamrock and it's on the corner and it doesn't look like it's part of anything, but it looks like it's within one of the other bars, one of the other restaurants. And it's an Irish bar, but you go in there and everybody's Russian that's running it. So it's like a Russian Irish bar. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. Um, Then McPutin's. <laughs> Welcome to McPutin's. So it was kind of cool. They had karaoke going on. It was just kind of a fun or, vibe. Or oh, Putin's. Oh, Putin's. Oh, Putin's. Oh, Putin's. Hey, I'm Carrie Putin. <laughs> they did have Old Smoky Mountain, Old Smoky Distillery. That's the one you could find those in the in stores. That's, That's the, the, uh, uh, the moonshine, the mason jar moonshine stuff. Yes. Yeah. So they have like two tasting rooms, and you go in there, five bucks, you taste all this moonshine. Like, I think it was like eight or nine tastings. And I was doing double because Melanie didn't want any. So she would taste <laughs> a little bit of it. So I'm like, I'll have the rest. So I'm doing like, don't want to waste it, right? Don't want to. They spent so much time and effort making it. So. But yeah, it was like it slapping was pretty, God in the face by throwing it out, right? But it was pretty cool. We the first day at Loco, Loco Cantina, I think it's called Cantina Loco or something. Where it was delicious. I got to say, it was one of the best Mexican I ate for in a long while. So that was pretty good. But anyway, so that's staying in the town. Now, one of the things I talked to Tom about is you got two options to get to the to ski. One, you could take the aerial tram, which was walking distance essentially from our place, or you could drive. It's about five or six blocks, depending if you want to walk or not. Parking, you pay for park is like 10 bucks, but it's kind of a pain in the ass to get through town. There's a lot of traffic because it's basically one main road. It just backs up. Like in the morning, it's fine, but it, when you come out of skiing, it's really backed up. We drove to, to where the tram was the first day. The second day we walked, we didn't drive up because driving up, they have a cool road there, which in the summer would probably be cool to ride. They have, you know, the nice bridges that go over the mountain pass and stuff like that. And you can, you, a lot of good scenery. But in the winter, I can imagine it's a little bit treacherous. So parking up by Obergatlinburg is pretty packed. So they recommend if you can take the tram because there's always parking or something near nearby and then you could just take the aerial tram but the tram is pretty cool it holds i think 125 people they said but with covid they are doing about half capacity um so it's actually comfortable with with i gotta say thanks covid because it was comfortable to ride the tram um you get in there it's a two two mile ride and it's a legit tram it's like a one you would see in europe so i was i was pretty impressed with that and they have lights on it. So at night it looks pretty cool. And 
they do a lot of things to monetize or make everything like friendly to like visitors. Like they actually had like signs where you could go down downstairs below where the tram is and look at all the inner workings, like the mechanics, the giant cogs and the the big chains and stuff they have running that thing. It was pretty cool. I, I, you know, just seeing some of that, I was like, wow, they're actually, they open everything up. Like everything's tourist there. You can, you can look at everything, get on the tram. Tram's about, I think it was a 17 bucks round trip. So price out your options. And what I would suggest to everybody do the multi-day, like when you, when you do skiing, do multi-day, it's really set up for a lot of people that have never skied before. So it's a whole thing with rentals and, and lift tickets. You kind of get in the same line, but if you're an Indy pass holder, you go to guest services and get your passes there. If you're renting anything, you're in one massive line for all rentals and tickets and you go through that. And depending on the time of day, it's re- either really packed or not so packed. Then if you get your two day, if you're there, you know, multiple day, you get your multiple day passes and rentals and you just hold on to them. And, you know, they have ski check, you know, $5 overnight ski check, which is nothing. So you could check your stuff at the mountain and just come back up the next day and just pop right on the mountain. So it's kind of nice. Okay. Uh, so you're better off just getting stuff off the mountain rental wise. There's really not much off the mountain. I looked, oh, there wasn't really? much off the mountain. Yeah. I think a lot of people either go there with their stuff or just go. And I got to say, there's a good amount of beginner skiers on there. Um, big snow. A lot of yeah. people go there and they just rent everything because it's available. That's, yeah, exactly. I got to say, you get off of the tram and you know how you've gotten off a tram. And what do you do in most trams? You get off, you walk around the side of the building, boom, you're on snow and you walk to the main lodge, right? Yep. In general, this, you get off the tram. You walk around the side of the tram and you get in and boom, you're in an amusement park. I got to say, this thing was massive. So it's this massive house and in it, there's like signs going each way. In the middle of this whole thing, they have an ice rink where they do skating and they actually have bumper skate cars. We're in like a little car that has skates on it and bumpers and you bump into each other. It's pretty wild. I asked Tom about that and he said a lot of resorts have asked him about that because it's the first time they've ever seen it. And they said they developed it with some company that kind of presented it to him. They said, this sounds awesome. And they put it in and they have skate bumper cars. So how do you stop with the skate? You don't you just keep bumping. <laughs> you bump into everything, man. You have skates, I guess, to go a little bit and then you just bump into everything. And, and how do you, like, how do you propel yourself? Like there's got to be some sort of... It was all electric, I think. So I don't know how they do that. But what they did was they had a, a whole full-size ice rink in the middle of this place, which is pretty impressive, inside, right? And they cordoned off probably about a quarter of the the, the rink to do the, the bumper skate things. And everybody else was skating. So you can go up there and just skate play bumper cars, hang around, look at all the stuff they have there, and then just take the the tram back down. It was only a quarter of the rink was the bumper cars? Yeah, it was pretty small, but the rink was big. I mean, the rink was like an Olympic-sized rink. (laughs) It was gigantic. And it was on the second floor, you kind of look down on it. It was pretty cool. And then from what I heard in the summer, they have all these animal, almost like zoo it's almost like a zoo too. So there's all these animal, not really cages, but like features where like these animals just hang out and they're just like, you, you can look at them and stuff like that. Uh, when you put them in the bumper cars. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Well, when you get up to the when the tram is docking at the at the end, you actually look over and you see these big gigantic pens and it almost looks like something from game of thrones remember where they threw bran in with the bears oh yeah and they're bear enclosures so what happens in the summer they have all these bear out there like in these enclosures and you're coming in it's like you just walk everywhere and you see all this stuff it's pretty cool so they kind of embrace all the natural animals that are in the area and they have them featured but they're all rescues they just bait them in (laughs) to use them (laughs) Yeah, they're all rescued. Okay, some meat. Come on over here. You'll like this. Dude, I'm trying to like picture this place in my mind. Like, you know, whenever you go somewhere. Yeah. This is what I do. I always look at Google Maps and I try to imagine what it's going to be like when I get there. And honestly, I can't, I can't even fathom. I'm I'm thinking Vegas. I'm thinking like the, just the wooded (laughs) smoky mountains. There's a bear enclosure. Trip. And in my mind broke. I'm like, I don't, I had to call Tom and be like, Tom, I need to know, like, where do I stay? What do I do? And he was like, you got some, some options. So that's why it's, that's why I'm trying to share the logistics along with like what happened. So that was all that. Then you get in this, this line to get your rentals and Melanie was going to rent. I brought my stuff up. I I brought my Brahmas up because I'm like, this is perfect for, for the area. So we waited in a massive line. It was like... Because we went at rush at the top peak time on a Saturday, which I probably should have known better. It took us like an hour and a half to get through the line. Rough. Uh, But I had my stuff. I was ready to get on the mountain. Like, because I had my stuff and... That makes it even worse though for you because you're just like... No. I had my Indy Pass. So I went in, I got my tickets. I'm like, I got a two-day ticket. So I'm like... I'm ready to get on the mountain. But then I just waited for her. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to see the place. So I kind of walked around. And I looked at everything. Uh, and then she got her stuff and she got it for two days, which is good. So, um, but after she got her stuff, we're ready to hit the mountain. You know, uh, they have lockers there, you know, they're a dollar for the locker. So you just get a token and whatever. So they have lockers. So you can lock your stuff up and change up there. So we just brought our stuff Un, you know, not changed. I brought a backpack so I can put my boots in and stuff. And then we just changed there and hit the slopes. I would say if you want to compare it to a small area like a mountain creek, it's probably about half the size of Mountain Creek, right? Okay. Vertical wise, they only had half of the mountain open because the other half, I guess, was uh they were blowing the crap out of snow because we were there. And that's what I'm saying. I loved my Terracia jacket because it was high of I think 33, 35 during the day. And at night it would drop to like the low twenties. So it was, it came in handy. I mean, it was cold, but they were blowing snow like crazy. So I'm glad I remembered to bring the goggles and all. And they were just trying to catch up on, you know, getting a good base and everything. Cause they had a nice, we got lucky. They had about eight to 10 inches before we got there. And then they were blowing snow the entire time. So there was a lot of snow. It It was good. And you had perfect timing there too, right? That big storm kind of rolled through right as you were getting perfect there. Timing. That was high flute and ski bump timing right there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we hit the mountain. We did the first day, hit the mountain, was good. Got a bunch of runs in and did, you know, they had a, they have a, a mogul run, which wasn't really bumped up. I was kind of surprised. And Tom had told me, he's like, oh yeah, the, either the one they call it, uh, they call it mogul run. Um, mogul Ridge. 
mogul ridge and uh it had big hump moguls not really moguls just big humps and then some some moguls in between there it's just kind of i guess a little gnarly terrain but not really moguls i would i would consider and everybody stayed off of that so i was just going up and down that melanie was going on the other the other upper run there upper bear it was really two well one i'd say one two three like three runs broken out into like multiple runs but uh it was good i mean terrain was was decent i would say it's great for beginner to intermediate expert it's fun to be there and just have a local mountain and just lap you know one of the one of the runs all day and then they had a nice lodge i gotta say they had a big bar nice lodge things were unorganized but let's just say it was the peak lodge at killington yeah so it was playoffs we're there playoffs and on saturday they had some of the games on but they we asked them to change the channel they're like well we don't have the remotes to change the channel we're like all right, well, the game's on the other TV over there. So we'll watch that, right? So we're watching, hanging out, and then we're going back and forth, going out, coming back in. And uh, the next day on Sunday, we go in, and they're like, all the TVs are off. We're like, well, what happened? You can't put the TV on? Like, no, we lost that remote too. So we, now we can't put the TV on. So Houston, uh, so not Houston, um, Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans are playing. So there are people in there. We're in Tennessee. Of course, there's tons of Tennessee fans. They're like, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. There's no t- there's no there's no football on. <laughs> oh my god. So it was just it was kind of chaotic, but blame it on COVID and you know, just just other stuff. But I could see where they have that main bar was really cool. And then next to it they have this massive restaurant. I mean, huge. I was like surprised. I was like, this is like oversized for definitely for the for the mountain here. But that's where they have the Oktoberfest. And their Oktoberfest oh, is supposed that's to be- what they're known for, right? It's supposed to be phenomenal. So the scheme was really good. I got to say that the aerial tram was good. Hung out with uh, Tom, met a bunch of other people from other mountains that were there for, they do a lot of stuff with, um, you know, like when they build their terrain park, they work with, uh, they bring other people in, you know, from other terrain parks and stuff. So pretty cool. I got to say, um, and the terrain wasn't, it wasn't a horrible, like it wasn't like really small mountain feel. It had a bigger mountain feel. It was just limited runs. Not uh, because of the, the snow or lack of yeah, snow? Partially. They only had, so they didn't have the top half of the mountain where they have a few of the, the diamond runs on. So I guess they were just trying to get more snow up there. If the whole mountain were open, it would be very comparable to like a, you know, a normal small, small mountain in the Northeast, like a half of a, of a mountain Creek or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. Nice. But it was rest. They had like, there was, everything was frosted. Everything was like snowy. So we got really lucky with there. Yeah. And everybody's so friendly. Everybody's friendly in town. I mean, you're in, you're in Tennessee. Everybody's friendly. You don't get wise asses or, or jerks or a lot of attitude. Everybody's just hanging out. That's you know? the biggest difference when you get out of the Northeast. Oh, it was like refreshing. Yeah, you get yeah. a different, different, different vibe from people, which is really nice. So now I know the pictures. You posted some videos, some pictures on Instagram. How was COVID affecting people there? It seemed like there was a lot of people out, masks, no masks, kind of a little more, a little yeah. more free for all, at least than than what I'm used to seeing up here. So in the town, you saw a mix of people wearing masks, like even walking outside, uh, going into restaurants. But for example, when we went to the Irish bar, 
COVID doesn't, doesn't exist. Nobody's wearing anything. People are bailing up to the bar. There's no social distancing. It was just, wow. that's how it is. If you want to wear a mask, go right ahead. But no, nobody else was. At the ski area inside, you know, walking before you sit down, everybody was respectful wearing the mask, you know, in the whole ski lodge. Uh, on the mountain, people were wearing masks anyway, because it was like, it was, it was like 32 degrees, you know, 30, 32 degrees. So people were bundled up anyway. People are like, great. I, I love to wear a mask, you know, but I did notice we were, I was skiing with Melanie on, I think it was the day I was meeting Tom and he said he was going to come up later in the day. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to go, we'll ski. And Mel didn't feel that great. So she hits the bar. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to stay out a little bit. And then I jump in the bar, hang out with her for a little bit. I'm like, Hey, you know what? I just noticed they started shutting off the snow guns. So she's like, yeah, the, the group of people next to her we're actually talking about that they're locals and they're like, they were waiting for the snow guns to turn off. So I guess they kind of all knew around two, three o'clock, they're going to shut the snow guns down. And then it was like a different place. It was like, great. I could see everything and, and people were bombing down the mountain. It was, it was pretty fun. People waiting for the snow to, to be off. Yeah. Waiting for the snow guns to be off. Cause they were blowing every, every inch of that place was getting snow blown. So. And they do night skiing there. They Correct. do night skiing. So it's like weird. Like about Tom, 100% lit. 100% lit. <laughs> so I guess normally on, during the week, it's like noon to 7, 7 or 8 p.m. And then on the weekend, it's a little bit or it's like 10 to 8 or, or 10. I think they want to go open to 10. So, you know, like you were just mentioning, like how are they getting affected by COVID? You know, there's still the mask thing. It's a... And they do have a mandate, like they have it posted. Like when you go into stores, you have to wear a mask. So people are still following the mandate, but just the bars, a little bit more liberal, I guess. You wear yeah, it through the threshold. On it. Yeah. Well, you wear it through the threshold. It's just like Florida. And then once you cross the threshold, the COVID can't stand the threshold. So it disappears. Ipso facto. But talking to Tom, like they, they want to stay open a little bit later and they usually do, but because of COVID visas, you know, to get a lot of the workers in, which a lot of ski areas do, they haven't been able to get that many people to work. And they say employment, unemployment is at a super low level in the whole town, which it's a resort town, you know, cause there's all these attractions, restaurants, everything. I mean, you can only imagine, you, you see the website with all the different restaurants and hotels and stuff. They have trouble getting workers in general. So they're like, if you move there without a job, you get a job right away. You know, like if, if you want to work, you can work. That's um, one of the big things that you see in the service industry is that people who can go back to work are like, hey, man, I'm getting unemployment. I'm just going to take that. So I'm getting yeah. paid. Almost well, because they're doing the COVID bump, right? They're doing the extra $600 a, a week or something, which is more than you know, half some people's salary or more than the salary people make. But he said, that's been a challenge. That's been the biggest challenge for the, for the ski area. And I think Gatlinburg in general, and I can, I can only imagine Dollywood too. So you drive through Dollywood and he did have a lot of nice things to say. He said, you know, there's not a lot of publicity about what Dolly does for the area, but she contributes money, time, effort into helping the whole area survive and thrive. Like they had some bad forest fires a few years ago, you know, COVID like, and she's helping everybody out. One of the reasons I think she settled there was to try to help out the whole area too. Like the attractions that she built help foster the whole area being built up. 
And now it's like a thriving area where, I mean, I could see the lure. Like if, if it was a three hour drive from me, I'd be like, Hey, we're going to Gatlinburg this weekend. We are buying a place up here and it's going to be our weekend house. Yeah. Right. Or just dropping in for a weekend and just kind of going out for urban ski week. You know what I mean? Urban ski weekend, just go up and, and freaking hang out for the weekend, get some fresh air, walk around a little, do a little partying. you know, it's a, a really cool little town and I can see it being fun in the, in the summer as well as the winter. So, and people do say the the summer is really, really nice there. Cause it's in the mountains. It's a little more seasonable temperatures. Pretty cool. Then we also did, so they have a little space needle, right? We talked about that. But they also have one of, I guess, North America's largest suspension bridge, you know, rope, rope suspension bridge. So we walked across that. So what you do is you, you pay for that. You get on a lift. The lift takes you up to the top of the, the mountain. And then you go from mountain peak to mountain peak on this rocking ass bridge. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not rope cable. It's, it's still cable, but it is wood planks on this thing. And in the middle, now we got lucky because it's winter time. So they put these no slip stuff, you know, no slip runner down the whole thing because of the snow. But right in the middle, there are these panels. So you get on these wood in the summer, it'd be all these wood planks until you get to the middle. And then there's clear, clear panels. So you actually would walk over and it's just like walking over glass. So there's clear glass panels. That's cool. so it's kind of freaky, but it was nice. They had like for the, for the winter, they had fire pits everywhere. So you could hang out there. It's beautiful out there. I can imagine like during the change of leaves season, like it's got to look amazing. Thomas Kincaid, he did a lot of scenery paintings, right? There's like a few Thomas Kincaid galleries in town. So there's, you know, there's like art in town, like there's a very artsy vibe to it. Then these little experiences are are cool to do. It was refreshing because it was... It wasn't like, hey, let's go to an amusement park and stand online for all freaking day just to ride a few rides, right? It was, hey, let's go do this. Cool. Go did that and let's go do something else. Go do that. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was nice little, little things that you can do throughout. It's a little treasure, I got to say, in the middle of the mountain. So beautiful. So you're saying that you're not going there. I mean, the skiing is fun, but that's not. There's more to experience than just the skiing. It's not like like a snowbird where you go right. there, you ski, and then there's nothing else. And nothing. To out. nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, this you go and... experience. Well, this you go with a crew that if you want to get, you know, skiing in, but you don't have to worry about people that don't ski. Like they will find something to do and be perfectly fine with it while you go skiing. Like if you had a walker in your group. Right. They're going to sit at the bar all day. They'd be happy. They might not even leave the hotel or the town. They might just be in town. Perfect. I'm going to go skiing, take the sky tram over. But yeah, the sky tram was the, the tram was really cool. It was two miles and you really go into, I think you skip over one mountain, one mountain and go to the other mountain. That's where Obergatlinburg and everything is. And I think the tram is kind of part of Obergatlinburg. And the beauty of it is you don't have to stay at the resort or drive to the resort. You stay in Gatlinburg and just zip right up to it, you know, with that. So pretty amazing. And it was built a long time ago by one guy with a vision. So people want to check it out. More information, obergatlinburg.com, O-B-E-R-G-A-T-L-I-N-B-U-R-G.com. Oh, and just to tease it, 
we did talk to Tom and Melly and I were adamant that we have to have a highfalutin ski bump table at Oktoberfest this year, whether or not we do go to Germany Oktoberfest. So we may have to set that up. I think I might've committed us fans involved, media involved. I think it could be a whole thing. To an Obergatlinburg Oktoberfest? Hell, the thing is, I think they do a four-week Oktoberfest, if not longer, and it runs, I think, at the similar time. So they do it right. Well, we'll see if we can even travel at that point. Yeah, we might I be think, all locked into our own rooms. I think, well, I'm hoping my retirement party sometime in September. So, you know, Ooh. maybe we can make a coordinated Oktoberfest. Brian's retiring, full-time Brian's podcaster. Retiring. Damn. Yeah. I like that. Full-time right? podcast, Brian. Yeah. Later hose and Brian. <laughs> Later. That's right. It could be a good kickoff to your retirement. I think so. Ober Gatlinburg could be the spot. Could have a media, media junket slash highfalutin ski bum throwdown. I think that's, that sounds like a wonderful idea. Sounds like an idea. So Ober Gatlinburg. This sounds awesome. We're going to have links in the show notes to all the places that Mario checked out and recommends go on to Instagram to check out some of the pictures, the videos. It looks awesome. I got to get down there. This place sounds great. Obergatlinburg. I got to say the Smoky Mountain Brewery watched a little football. They got great pizzas and they had great music. Just hung out. When, when was the last time you went out for live music? Dude, that, I was just thinking that when you said that. I was like, God damn, like, I miss live music. Because you know awesome. I, I, it's I think the last time I heard really good live music was when I went out. was out in Ellicottville with Rich. We stopped at this oh. one bar that he wanted to go to. And that's when he had the, uh, shout out to the Buffalo Bills, he had the um, Pills Mafia beer on draft <laughs> and we're at this bar and this band was playing. They were just awesome. They were rocking. And, you know, I was just looking at something online. It said like live nations stock is at the highest ever. Wow. I'm like, how is that possible? Like, isn't live nation, all the ticket sales everywhere. Like how are they doing even remotely? Well, is it virtual? Are they doing all the virtual concerts? Now? Dude, that's gotta be so lame though. Just watch a it's video gotta... of a band playing. It's, it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, there was something magical about because they were good. And I tell you what, Mel and I, it, we, it, we did it on a whim. We just walking around like, hey, look, there's a brewery. Awesome. Because I was looking at that Cherokee Grill. I was like, you know, let's see what it looks like. That Cherokee Grill looks like it was something out of New York City. And then this is right behind it in like the same parking lot. And we heard the music coming. I was like, sounds like they got live music. Let's go. You know, <laughs> a great ass time and a good pizza. I got to say. I still can't even picture what this must be like, but that makes me just want to go see it even more. Yeah. So, it's magical. Well, I'm glad you had good snow. That's awesome to hear. This sounds like a great trip. Oktoberfest. We'll keep you guys posted. If we have a highfalutin tent, could be. Could be. And we got to have Tom back on the uh, the show some sometime. Yes, for sure. So shout out to Tom too. And I'm glad he's, he's a very cool up. guy. Hung out with him, talked to him a little bit. Like, Good head on his shoulder. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a really good guy. Nice. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you want more info, skibumpodcast.com. We'll have all the show notes in there, links to all of Mario's recommendations. And thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Like I said, skibumpodcast.com. Thank you to our sponsors, Valon. If you want some sweet goggles and sunglasses, V A L L O N dot S T O R E. 
Use the code SKIBUM15 to get 15% off. Also, thank you to Terracea, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A.com. You want some sweet, local, to New England, sourced outerwear, high quality, great prices. Can vouch for it. Independently owned. Go there. Terracea Bum for 15% off. T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A-B-U-M. There it is. Check us out on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at Ski Bum Podcast. Subscribe, rate us on your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you again for listening. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya. <laughs>